There's a saying that goes, England and America are two countries separated by the same language. We mostly all speak English, and yet often we run into misunderstandings with the same but different language. Good communication is the bridge between confusion and clarity, right? And we have to communicate even when it's uncomfortable and uneasy. And communication, it takes many forms, written, verbal, or even digital among others. So if you're to communicate with anyone, there needs to be a shared understanding of language, right? So how do you communicate with the IRS to get the outcome that you want? Welcome everyone, it's tax season and I'm bringing you nothing but the tea and taxes. I'm your host, Giovanni Pryor, tax enrolled agent, and this is Life in the Tax Lane. On the show we talk about everything trending in today's news from stimulus payments to sales tax. So let's start the conversation. When you want or need something from someone, you must speak their language for them to understand what you need, right? It, it's no different when it comes to the IRS, but you need to understand what it means to communicate with the IRS, which is actually including but not limited to the submission of a tax return uh, or the processing of that tax return. Um, when you're responding to a tax notice, if you're talking to them over the phone, and most importantly, how and when and why you need to respond to a summons. This is all deemed communication with the IRS. Now, one way that they communicate is via notices, right? I'm sure at this point everyone has received some form of an IRS notice. A notice is their way of initiating communication with the taxpayer. And they can come from any number of their campuses. Some, some of these notices, they're filled with warnings or threats of collection activity, or it could be a simple annual reminder that you still have a tax balance due. These IRS envelopes, they're very official looking, right? And often quite intimidating. I mean, when clients come to me for help, it's not unusual for me to have to open all of the notices that they receive by mail because the anxiety of it, it makes them choose to just not deal with it. And I think that I hate this part the most for taxpayers because although I understand the anxious fear, ignoring the IRS, it almost always leads to missed opportunity for settlements, or appeals or a better reconciliation, right? I mean, everybody agrees that time is money and it's the one thing we never have enough of. So when you run out of time to respond to the IRS, it usually costs you more money in the end. So like, um, once delinquent returns have been filed, right, taxpayers, that have a tax liability should consider taking the opportunity 
to resolve any outstanding liabilities by entering into a possible installment agreement or maybe even an offer in compromise. Like, I, I just want to know if any of my listeners, like, have ever heard about the Taxpayer First Act. This act, it prohibits the IRS from using private collection agencies to recover delinquent tax uh, debt from certain individuals. So I want you guys to pay attention to this, right? Because some of you meet this criteria. If you are an individual and your income is substantially all supplemental uh, security income benefits, they cannot have private collection agencies come after you to pay your back taxes. And if your income is substantially all disability insurance benefit payments, or, or if your adjusted gross income is below 200% of the applicable poverty level for the area, right? The IRS is prohibited from using private collection agencies to come after you for tax debt that you owe. And guys, this change, it applies to inactive tax receivables identified by the IRS in 2021 and later. And so that just kind of means that if you have an old account and you have taxes due and you haven't been paying on it and your account's been like in this quay, uh, just with no activity, right? As of 2021, if you meet any of those above criteria, you don't have to worry about those irritating bill collectors calling you up You've never talked to these people, but they're collecting a tax debt on behalf of the IRS. You can mark that off of your caller ID list as of this year. And just to be clear, this change, it applies to inactive tax receivables in 2021 or later, right? But the definition of the inactive tax receivable has changed a bit. It replaces um, the condition that more than one third of the applicable limitation period has lapsed. Now, the new requirement is saying that it just needs to have been inactive for two years since they have assessed the tax. So, if you have faced hardship for two years straight, and for most of us, you know, it's been a, a year into the pandemic and, you know, taxes uh, collection activity was suspended for a few months, but it is definitely ramped back up. Their enforcement for collection is in full effect. So the act changes the length of installment agreements that the private debt collectors can offer you as well as um, falling into this category for being, you know, more than inactive for like two years. So private debt collectors that collect on behalf of the IRS they can now offer individuals a seven-year installment agreement instead of five. It used to be 60 months, right? So this additional 24 months, this 84 months really gives people a, 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 a more cushion, a, enough time to pull together some funds and really try to be, get serious and pay off this tax debt, right? So that's always a plus that they are willing to, you know, be flexible and give more time. It's tax time, and there are a lot of tax changes this year. If you didn't get your stimulus checks, or if you didn't get the full amount, file with Syndicate Tax 
and we'll get you paid. Did you claim unemployment in 2020? Even if you didn't withhold taxes, you could still qualify for an IRS refund check. Don't miss out on these opportunities to get more money back. Syndicate tax professionals know all the new rules to get you the biggest refund possible. We can file your taxes in person or virtually using our secure mobile app. Just snap a picture of your W-2 and other tax forms and we can complete your return. To find out how, just give us a call at 502-220-4868. We have three offices in Louisville ready to take care of you. Call us now at 502-220-4868. I want to talk about the easiest thing to do, right, when you receive a notice, is simply to respond within the time frame that they outline in the notice. And in order to do that, you kind of have to open it up and they have to read it, right? But you need to be ready to clearly address the issues because you, you want to come off clear and concisely when you are trying to resolve your tax matters, right? And this is if you decide to give them a call and communicate by phone, or even if you just want to, you know, do it via mail correspondence. And here's a free tip for all of my listeners out there, okay? If you're going to mail in a response, place your letter beneath a copy of their letter so that the mail room they know where to ship your reply. Lots of things at the IRS are time sensitive and you don't want to cause any unnecessary delays because you wrote this great response and maybe you even sent in some documentation and they don't know who they're supposed to give it to because you didn't include the reference letter or notice that you received with your response, right? And guys, notices, you know, they communicate different things uh, that the IRS wants you to know. Collection notices, th- these are quite common. Um, they usually begin with a taxpayer receiving a CP14. Now, CP doesn't mean anything fancy, just stands for a computer paragraph. And the number helps identify the type of notice that they sent, right? So a CP14 informs the taxpayer that the IRS has an initial assessment of tax and payment due on their account. So what historically happens is a taxpayer ignores this. And so then five weeks later, the IRS sends a balance due notice, sometimes known as a CP 501 letter. Now this indicates there is a balance due to the IRS on one or more tax accounts. And this notice is gonna gonna give you an explanation of the taxes that you owe, including the due date of those amounts, the amounts due, and your payment options that are available, right? Even at this early stage, it is important for a taxpayer to understand that you have certain rights, and particularly if you're concerned that the payment amount and the date that they listed is um, financially unrealistic for you, Knowledge of your rights is going to be crucial. So if and when a taxpayer fails to respond to the CP501 notice, 
after about another five weeks has passed, now we're talking, we're 10 weeks in, right, from the initial notice, they may receive a CP 503. Now, I know I went from a CP 501 to a CP 503, but there is no CP 502. So get over it. The next notice is the CP 503. And this is just a reminder that, hey, you haven't paid the amount that we listed in that CP 501 we sent you five weeks prior. And the IRS, we've not heard anything from you regarding this amount. This is going to be your last gentle reminder that you're going to get before the IRS uh, initiates a process whereby they will threaten to seize certain assets in order to satisfy your tax debt. So then after another five weeks, now we're 15 weeks in, so after another five weeks without a response, let's face it, at this point, it's been roughly 15 weeks, about three and a half months, right, since the CP14 notice was sent. So to them, the IRS, you are showing no interest in paying or resolving your tax obligations voluntarily and so they send you a CP 504 and this is the intent to levy certain assets so your failure to pay or address this tax matter can and will result in the seizure of your state income tax refund which is going to be applied to your outstanding tax obligation. Now, the IRS, I, I, I know you want to get in your feelings and you want to get upset and that you need every dollar. How can they take your income tax, uh, state income tax refund? But they've given you every opportunity to meet your tax obligation in a timely fashion. But now you, the taxpayer, are forcing their hand. So again, another, after another five additional weeks, of no response or resolution from a taxpayer, the IRS, what they'll do is issue a final notice known as a letter 11 or sometimes a 1058 legal collection notice. Now you've got 30 days, about four and a half weeks to pay the tax or file an appeal. And you should know that the IRS is only going to send notices to a taxpayer's LKA or their last known address. They don't follow you on Facebook, guys. So they're gonna send those notices to the last address they have on file for you. And that's if you file a tax return. But why would they send you a notice unless you file a tax return? Because you initiated the communication with the filing of this return. And now they are communicating in turn because you owe them money, right? So if you're listening right now and you've not filed your taxes yet, Syndicate Tax is here for you. Guys, in true March fashion, March Madness fashion, we're dropping our prices to a flat fee of $199 until March 31st. You can file your 2020 return and get your info updated with the IRS in time to get your relief checks. And if you're missing either of the first two stimulus payments, we can add that to your refund for added refund benefits. All you have to do is give us a call today at 502 228 4868. Again, that number is 220-4868 because I can't help you if you don't call and you can't call unless I give you the right phone number, right? <laughs> so anyway, 
when taxpayers they try to handle tax matters on their own they call up the IRS and almost always they end up speaking with ACS or automatic collection systems and um, these employees they handle the telephone and written inquiries that are generated through the computerized collection process right but guess what they're trained to collect as much money from a taxpayer as is possible guys they work in automatic collections I mean the title says it all but the issues that a taxpayer may have could very well be outside of the scope of the employee's authority and what I mean is the IRS is technically organized into four operating divisions there is the small business self-employed division in Lanham Maryland and they oversee Schedule C small businesses uh, S corps C corps and partnership returns that have less than ten million dollars in assets and then there is the uh, large business and international division um, these, this, this division is for businesses that have over ten million dollars in assets but this division is so large it actually has six different office locations and then um, there is the wage and investment division down in Atlanta Georgia they handle all the 1040s that don't contain self-employment income and then there's the fourth division in Washington DC for the tax-exempt and government entities that cover things like churches and universities and you know even employment benefit plans but there are other support units that are also headquartered in Washington DC you've got the appeals division you've got criminal investigation the office of the chief counsel and everybody's favorite the taxpayer advocate service it's tax time and there are a lot of tax changes this year if you didn't get your stimulus checks or if you didn't get the full amount file with syndicate tax and we'll get you paid did you claim unemployment in 2020? Even if you didn't withhold taxes, you could still qualify for an IRS refund check. Don't miss out on these opportunities to get more money back. Syndicate tax professionals know all the new rules to get you the biggest refund possible. We can file your taxes in person or virtually using our secure mobile app. Just snap a picture of your W-2 and other tax forms and we can complete your return. To find out how, just give us a call at 502-220-4868. We have three offices in Louisville ready to take care of you. Call us now at 502-220-4868. Now, this is where the help of a tax professional, such as an enrolled agent, is so beneficial. For starters, we can contact Practitioner Priority Services to help us as practitioners assist our clients in, I mean, a slew of different ways. Like, we can have PPS provide transcripts of a taxpayer's account and returns and have them sent to our eServices mailbox instantly because it cuts out that 10-day by mail turnaround time that was pre-pandemic. So 
Can you imagine how long it takes for a taxpayer to request transcripts and they say 10 business days, but it's more like 28? And we can have PPS move payments or help us find a missing payment for a taxpayer. PPS can help us to abate penalties for a taxpayer and they can accept installment agreements, release levies, well, in limited circumstances, but they can even report an account as non-collectible. PPS, they, they, they do so much more, right? But only for tax professionals that are actively working with their clients to get their tax issues resolved. And they accept documents by fax for faster resolution. Enrolled agents, they can also represent you and act on your behalf at any administrative level in the United States Treasury. So if you don't know how to communicate with the IRS, guys, an EA can be your voice. Enrolled agents are trained to protect the taxpayer regarding your rights, privileges, or liabilities under the law and regulations administered by the IRS. And EAs can represent a taxpayer at a conference or a hearing or a meeting with the IRS. But in the same way that a lawyer representing his client in court does, a paid tax preparer, on the other hand, they can only represent a taxpayer before examinations for the tax return that they prepared and signed as the paid preparer. Paid tax preparers can't represent taxpayers before appeals or collections. Only lawyers, CPAs, and enrolled agents have this privilege. So when you hire an EA, you can rest assured that you will know the duration of your representation. You'll know the strategies that can be used to get you the most favorable outcome and what will be needed from you and what is to be expected during this resolution process when we're dealing with the IRS. I mean, guys, EAs have considerable time spent learning and gaining special expertise to do what we do best. And really, on the flip side of things, think about this. More than one million households that haven't filed tax returns during just the last three years are owed refunds that they still have some time to claim. Taxpayers should consider contacting a tax professional to consider various available options since the time you have to collect that refund is limited by a statue of three years. And after that, Uncle Sam gets to keep your money. I mean, so many taxpayers with tax issues, they feel like they aren't being heard or sometimes they aren't getting the full understanding of their situation when it comes to dealing with the IRS. So if you ever wanted the ear of the IRS, here is your opportunity. The IRS Office of Chief Counsel has gone all in and declared the month of March of 2021 as National Settlement Month. I mean, guys, taxpayers, they can discuss their tax court cases and related tax issues with members of the Office of Chief Counsel, the IRS Independent Office of Appeals, and IRS Collection Representatives. These rare communications can aid in reaching a settlement by providing taxpayers with a better understanding of what is needed to support their specific case. This program 
Guys, it, 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 it's a virtual format because of the pandemic. So virtual settlement day events are going to be conducted in every chief council office across the country. And it's going to serve taxpayers in all 50 states and the District of Columbia, obviously, right? They're not going to be left out. But what you all want to know, I'm, I'm sure, is uh, how do you go about participating in a virtual settlement day event, right? Well, one way is you can get notified and invited to attend by the IRS or with by working with low-income taxpayer clinics and pro bono attorneys. The IRS, they have been proactively trying to identify and reach out to taxpayers with tax court cases that appear most suitable, you know, for this settlement day approach. The IRS, they generally encourage taxpayers with active tax court cases to contact the assigned chief counsel attorney or paralegal about participating in March's virtual settlement day events. And this isn't new either, right? The IRS, they tried this out last year um, in May of 2020. And since then, the chief counsel office and low-income taxpayer clinics, they successfully used these virtual settlement days to resolve 259 tax court cases without these taxpayers having to go to trial. This way, taxpayers, they get this worthwhile resolution option in addition to the traditional method of communication and interaction with the IRS under normal circumstances. So what happens when they reach a settlement? Well, then the IRS collection personnel is also on deck to put to to like discuss potential payment plans to get this all squared away for you. And let's say that you participate in the virtual settlement day process, but you still want to take your day in court. You have every right to do so. By doing this virtual settlement day, it can help you as a taxpayer by giving you a great understanding of the information they are going to want you to present to the court in order to be successful and win your case. So virtual virtual settlement days, guys, it's, it's like a win-win. Why would you not take advantage of this? Because if you were willing to take it to court, you definitely want to take it to the chief office of counsel to see is resolution even possible, right? And as a member of the tax professional community, I strongly encourage all taxpayers who have the ability to participate in a settlement day event to go ahead and do so, right? Because this is going to save not only the taxpayer, but the government time and money as well to free up helping other taxpayers, especially those that are still waiting on those refunds. So to everyone listening right now, if you're in need of tax resolution, Syndicate Tax is here to help. If you have non-filed tax returns, if you have collection notices piling up, or if you're under audit and you need representation, we offer free 30-minute consultations with an enrolled agent on staff. We can make a plan to help end your IRS worries for good. Just give us a call today, 502-220-4868, because we can't help you if you don't call. 
So guys, let's recap everything because I want to make sure that you take all this home, folks, because effective communication is 20% of what you know and 80% of how you feel about what you know, right? And the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. So we need to understand first, what does it mean to communicate with the IRS? so that we know we are being heard and that our rights are being protected. And the IRS, guys, again, they're only gonna send notices to a taxpayer's LKA or their last known address. So if you aren't communicating with them, it isn't their fault they can't find you. And if you're concerned that your payment amount and date is financially unrealistic for you, the knowledge of your rights is crucial during the collection process. And more importantly, take advantage of representation before you get in over your head with the IRS. And the virtual settlement month, it does end March the 31st, right? But there will be more virtual settlement days ahead. And these are rare opportunities to resolve things with the IRS on neutral grounds outside of the tax courts. So guys, I really hope that you guys got a lot out of today's show, but that is gonna be it for us. And as always, if you're in need of a tax professional, you want more information about something that I've talked about on air, be sure to follow me on social media. Check out our company website at www.syndicatetax.net. View our services. We offer four ways for you to file, and we've got three locations in Louisville. But if you need immediate assistance, give me a call today at 502-220-4868 or you can email me directly at jill at syndicatetax.net. Thanks for listening, guys, and until next time.